Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, June 7th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined on Monday afternoon by my buddy here, Mr. Big Marcel. What's going on, big man? How you doing, man? Hi, what's up, man? Yeah, another week, another another fight week. Um, all good, man, you know. Um, we're ready. We've we, we always been ready, so uh, yeah, all good. Oh, for sure, for sure. And we had a good card in the weekend. We're going to recap that card. I know you don't want to talk about Mayweather and Paul, but I got to talk about it. It is like everything else, everyone else is talking about this more. So I know you're not a big fan of these guys, but we do have to talk about it a little bit, although I'm sure you're going to be on mute during that part. But uh, you have some questions to start off the podcast. Just take the question right now. Got two questions here from, from Big J and Marcus. It's the same thing, though. They're asking about thoughts on Ariel leaving ESPN. Do you think he's going to join another com- company or go independent? And Marcus added on. I find it hard to believe that Ariel chose to leave the biggest sports media outlet. It's also home to the biggest MA organization in the world to go to a smaller company, less money and exposure. Yeah, I mean, this it's kind of like what everyone's talking about right now. I personally don't care as much about this than – I honestly don't. Like, I feel like a lot of people in the media really, really care what Ariel's doing. I don't really. I mean, it doesn't affect my life at all. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, a, he's a great journalist. Don't get me wrong. Ariel's a great journalist. We all know that. I've met him in person many times. I have no problem with him as a journalist, but I mean, leaving ESPN for apparently the Action Network, I actually didn't even really know what that was until yesterday. So that's okay. obviously a step down. I mean, just based on name value alone, but there's a lot more going on here, guys. You got to remember, like he was being paid half a million dollars by ESPN. That's a lot. That's more money than any other journalist covering the sport makes. That's I, I work in this business. I know how much people make. No one else makes half a million dollars. Maybe Brad Okamoto does at ESPN. I can't think of anyone else who would. Um, if you make a hundred grand as an MMA journalist, you're doing really, really good. If you make 50 grand, you're doing good. Ariel was making 500 grand. Apparently he wanted more money. Apparently he thinks he can make more money doing his own thing. So that article in the New York post, um, that said he's going to go to the action network, that same guy leaked the story two months ago. And I'm pretty sure Ariel planted the story with this guy because how else would he know how much he made? So Ariel told this guy how much he makes. The guy wrote the story in the New York post. And now everyone's talking about it. I, I don't know, Marcel. I'll get your thoughts on it. Like I said, though, like for me, it's like I'm worried about my own life, guys. Like I work a lot and I like what I do. And it's like as much as I do want to keep what's going on with the business, it doesn't impact me as much as like other people seem to think it impacts them. Give me your thoughts on this, man. Like to me, it's just like it's it's obviously a story because he's a big name journalist. But I, I'm assuming you feel the same way. Like it doesn't affect you, right? Listen, man, I wish him the best, but I don't give a flying fuck. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, well, uh, I see many uh, MMA websites uh, putting out articles about it, and I was like, why? You we know, actually did to a BJ, and I didn't yeah. want to, but someone else wrote it, so I was like, all right, it's whatever. Kind of, it's kind yeah. of weird to me to write an article about a journalist going to another. I agree. Uh, it's just weird, you know? So for him, hey, man, if he's happy with what he's doing, he should do it, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, it, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect you, it doesn't affect anybody except for Ariel or whoever, where he works or where he's going to work. So I don't know what all the fuss about, to be really honest. Yeah, I I, I agree completely. Um, I think a lot of people in this business, obviously, they, 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 they think that maybe now that he's gone and left ESPN, maybe they can take his spot. I think that's why people are talking about it. I've seen a lot of people, some good journalists saying, hey, if he's gone and there's a spot, I'll take the spot. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at ESPN because obviously, like, he was at the biggest network in the States, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Like, again, it doesn't affect me that much. And I knew this was going to happen two months ago because I saw the article in the New York Post. 
I just have a guys. I just have a hard time feeling bad for someone that made half a million dollars that le left their job. I just, to me, it's like I'm not gonna go and be like feel bad for the guy. Like I don't get it. Like he made a lot of money. He makes more money than any of us. That's more money I've ever made in my life, probably. You know what I mean, Marcel? Like that's a lot yeah. of money. I mean, so, oh, for you, only Canada losing some territory at ESPN. That's the only thing. I know, I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worth like mentioning. Like, and I'm glad Marcus asked the question. As far as like where he would go, he would yeah, sure. go. I know that that article said that he wants to start his own thing. We'll see if that works. I personally don't. I wouldn't subscribe. I, I, I it's nothing against him. I just don't really subscribe to any of these things. Like I. And I Same. totally think that it's a good thing to have subscription websites because I do work for one fa elite fantasy and people have to pay to read that stuff. And it's really good. Same with the athletic. You have to pay to read it. Same with some other things like ESPN uh, premium, whatever it's called. I can't remember the name of that, but um, insider, I think it's called. So like there's, there's definitely premium journalism out there. You have to pay for it. I get that. But that article, that original article said that, you know, if he uh, converts like what, like 1% of his following, which is a million and they pay five bucks a month, he's already gonna make as much as he did. I just think that doing that kind of napkin table math is like, it's it's it seems good on paper, but I just think MMA fans are cheap, dude. They don't wanna pay for the pay-per-views. They don't wanna pay for anything. They're not gonna pay to watch Ariel do interviews. I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't see it being as big of a thing for him. That's his goal. He could do well. Like the guys that, the part, um, what are they called? Uh, Chad Dondas and Ben Folks, they do really well. They make like 10 grand a month, American, doing their podcast. But ten grand to five hundred grand, which is what that that article was saying, he could make if he converts one percent. That's a lot, Marcel. What are you going to say? Plus, yeah, plus the thing is, like you saw in interviews, man. As long as stuff like uh, interviews from James Lynch, John Young, Pio, exactly. and these guys are all free. these guys are good. James is good. Did, John yeah, is really great. good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as those are free and we can watch that, why would we especially watch an aerial interview? You know, um, nothing against aerial, but he also doesn't get the Ali guys, you know, as well. That's what Brett always does at ESPN. So that's also a thing. So I don't know, man. I'm curious what he's going to do. Uh, I'll watch it. But uh, I'm also definitely not going to pay for it. And it's not because I don't want to, but I don't feel I need to. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I totally understand that, Marcel. I feel like you're... I feel like you speak for a lot of the, the MMA fans when you say that. Like, I think a lot of people don't want to pay extra money. Like, people are already having a hard enough time with, with, the, with the economic of the current world, you know, with COVID. Yeah. I don't think like, it's only, it only seems like five bucks on paper, but like, for instance, if it was five bucks a month or whatever, but you know, people don't want to pay that. Go ahead, go ahead. Bro, I mean, five bucks for Ariel, 10 bucks for Netflix, 10 bucks know, for Prime, 10 bucks for uh, UFC 5. You know what, he might, he might do okay, Marcel. I mean, like maybe, maybe I'm underselling it. Maybe he does have these like really hardcore fans. And I think he does. And again, he's he really good at what he does. Ariel's been doing this for a long time. I've known him for 10 yeah. years. I've known him since 2011. I met him in person mm -hmm. at the Machida John Jones fight, back when I worked at the score. And you know, we've we've had some ups and downs, but I mean, I'm, I'm cool with him, we're cordial. I have no issues with Ariel. I think he's a really good journalist, but I do think that back when he was with MMA fighting, I think that was kind of like his peak. I think like when he got like over him and stuff in the studio, when he used to do all his interviews in the studio, that was the best version of Ariel I think that we've seen. And the guy at ESPN, I don't think he's doing exactly what he loves. So I think now he's going to be having the opportunity to do something that he likes um, and has control over from what I'm seeing. So, I mean, good luck to the guy. But again, like, again, guys, like I'm worried about myself, you know, I'm worried about my family um, rather than someone else. What are you going to say, Marcel?
the element thing also the thing is like you know uh he was very good with dana in the first yeah yeah exactly first, they used to be great then, interviews back in the day yeah yeah the Brock they, thing. yeah they got the Brock Lesnar thing and then yeah. espn went with with the uh, went to espn and he was also yeah. there so it's like yeah. maybe he doesn't feel like I, I i don't say this is true by the way this is maybe how i think about it but this is absolutely absolutely doesn't have to be the truth but maybe he doesn't feel like comfortable you know i don't yeah. i don't know so that's true i mean it definitely if we don't know we don't know we just heard what he said like i said guys there's an article out there that shows how much money he makes he signed a three-year deal for what for 1.5 million dollars that sounds like something an athlete would make a journalist making that much is kind of unheard for an ma i know that obviously other journalists and other sports like football and those guys adam Schefter, i'm sure they make you know millions of dollars i get that but an mma that he's hit the pinnacle of it but i guess he wants to make more good for him i can't blame a guy for wanting to you know make more money for his family i'm just saying it seems risky to leave ESPN if it was his choice, which he says it was. Although, again, what Marcus is saying, he just finds it hard to believe. And he said uh, Ariel's drawing a betting website. Yeah, the Action Network. So we don't know if that's going to happen because the guy who wrote the story, again, the same guy who's getting the information planted from Ariel or ESPN, whoever is giving him the information, this Andrew Marshan guy, keeps writing about Ariel. It's like, dude, chill out. Like, write about something else, you know? Like, it's like, and, he, and he said he got the information wrong yesterday. He's like, sorry, guys, I got my source got mixed up. It's not done yet to the Action Network. So, Everyone thought that was going to happen. I just find it really bizarre uh, if he does betting because he doesn't know anything about betting. I know he used to talk about it on his podcast years ago with that New York Rick guy that used to do their picks. But come on, guys. There's a difference between watching the sport, knowing the sport, and knowing how to bet on the sport. There's a huge difference. Um, if that's really what's going to happen, I just think I think he would be a good guy to fade. You know what I mean? Like, whatever his picks are. I hate to say that. I just think that a guy with no – I have 10 years of experience betting. I put my harder money on the line every weekend. You know what I mean? When has he ever did that? So I don't think that would be a good move for him if he did that. But if he's doing interviews and stuff, then that makes sense. But, but they said he's going to be his betting – their betting expert. I don't know about that, guys. Like, I, I just find it hard to – like, I think Ariel's like a great MMA journalist, but an MMA betting expert, I don't know about that. That seems a little odd to me. Don't you think, Marcel, is that a little odd to you? Yeah, you got to have a little bit more of, uh, how do you say that? Experience? Uh, experience, experience. You have to, yeah, you, I you think have so. to man. Yeah, you know, I, I would, for example, I would never call myself a betting uh, expert or whatever. And you're not. You know, but, you, you know uh, the sport exactly. well. You talk about the yeah. sport, but, you know, like every week I'm talking about the fights and you're, you're giving me your thoughts, but you don't know the lines like me. You know what I mean? No, like, I don't, no exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. I, I, you, you can't be somebody you, you're not. You know what I mean? So uh, I know, listen, man, you do all the research. You do all I know, the, like, you do the tape. Do, do you think Ariel's doing tape yeah. study, guys? I don't think nah, so. Nah. <laughs> No way. I don't even know, really know if he watches like all the prelims and stuff like we all do. We're all like fight nerds, right? I know he loves mm -hmm. the sport. I'm not doubting that. I know he loves the sport. Oh, I know so, he knows yeah. the sport well. He knows the fighters well. But if his if his job is to give betting advice, like they were saying he's going to be the betting expert, that is very odd to me. Straight wager felt the same way. That's just strange. But again, you know, I wish the guy the best of luck. Let's let's move on here. Um, Matt Mack, what's going on, man? He says, you guys got to NFT those tweets of yours. ESPN uses on the broadcast. I know, Jack from Twitter, he sold his NFT for his first ever tweet for like millions of dollars or something. I don't know what it was, but uh, yeah. Holy strange, ESPN put him on NDCN TV even late night, just a few weeks ago. I didn't know about that. We don't get ESPN in Canada. Um, so I would just see what's on YouTube and stuff like that. But again, like I wish they got the best of luck. I'm just saying like, again, Marcel, you know, making half a million dollars guys, like that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a journalist to make. So it's like, I know knowing now that I knew how know how much money he makes, I just don't feel that bad. You know what I mean, Marcel? It's like Marcel, don't you wish you made five hundred thousand a year? That'd be nice, right? 
Dude, I would even be happy with uh, with one with uh, like twenty percent of it. Let's a <laughs> hundred thousand would too. I I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we'll see, guys. I mean, it's obviously a, a newsworthy story. That's why we talked about this now. And it's a good question to ask from Marcus and from uh, from Big J. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I just feel like, you know, in this business, man, it's like, uh, as much as I feel like, you know, a guy like me is valuable and a guy like you is valuable, Marcel, the truth is, dude, if we died tomorrow, the sport would move on without us. You know what I mean? It would be a loss for a minute. Same with, with with any of us, really. There's always going to be another journalist coming in that will take your spot. It's like it's like sure. the UFC in a way. It's like you know, sure. you get cut, someone gets cut, someone else comes in and takes your spot. So, I, yeah. I say no. I say no. It's at work as well, man. If I'm if I'm sick, for example, and if people's like, yeah, or the or the boss is like, yeah, we actually can't miss you. That's like, dude, if I drop that tomorrow, you still have to change. Uh, have to find somebody to do the work that I do for me. So it's not like everybody's. Yeah, it's not. That, that sounds really really uh, cold everybody's replaceable but I, I don't mean it that way but in a job like probably everybody's replaceable. no exactly not as a person as a human being uh, i mean i'm sure yeah, you guys are going to miss him ourselves we left i mean if we we're gone tomorrow you guys are going to be sad but as like for the job we do as much as i think i'm good at my job and i am as good as marcel is at his job there will be someone else that could take over same with with ariel i'm sure espn's already looking for someone else to replace him so don't know who that's going to be but we'll see i wish the guy the best of luck i'm just saying like i'm very concerned about my own life and my own career and i really don't think he's going to be talking about our jobs you know what i mean marcel like this guy's not going to go to bat for us so mm -hmm. it's like i hope the best for the guy but i'm just saying yeah you gotta worry about yourself in this life guys you know what i mean i feel like a lot of people in this in this industry really just worry way too much about what other people are doing and not themselves and they really should just be worried about themselves and um pressing forward their careers instead of you know sitting there on twitter and tweeting about how ariel is leaving espn it's like okay guys we, we know now what are I you mean, doing with your life you know what i mean so it's weird yeah, anyways why, why, go ahead, go ahead. why would why would you be worried about what you can't uh, why you have don't have any influence on exactly what, what you can't so control you can't worry about i agree completely that's something that you know i'm i'm, I'm really learning on myself and, and that includes the fights quite frankly guys i mean we can only control as much as we can, you know, when we're handicapping these fights, we look at the tape, we look at the stats, we look at the fighters, we do all the research, but at the end of the day, we're not in control. They're in control in the cage. So that's like anything in life. You know what I mean? Like you're only in control of so much and the stuff you can't control, you can't really worry about it. You know what I mean? It's, it sucks. Like a bad judge's decision, it sucks, but you can't control it. So it's like that stuff doesn't hurt me as much as it used to. Let's talk about this card, Marcel, UFC Vegas 28. Um, it was a pretty good card, I guess. Like there were some nice knockouts, obviously, a lot of decisions. I did really well, guys. Not my picks weren't great. They were like seven to five, but that Claudio Puelas guy made me a lot of money on the weekend because I came in fourth place, Marcel and DraftKings. Fourth place out of 31,000 people. Um, but I was two points behind the leader. I had Gregory Rodriguez on my team, guys. If I had Ponzinibbio, that two extra points would have been the difference between winning five grand, which is still great, obviously, and winning 50 grand. Two points was the difference between me winning 50 grand on the weekend. So I'm like, ugh, it sucks. So that would have been a nice hit, but again, can't control it. I didn't think he was going to win. I thought Rodriguez would. Ponzinibbio had slightly more points. We'll talk about that fight in a sec, but let's talk about the main event. Because this guy also helped me out. I really needed him to get that knockout in the first round, and he did. And as soon as he got the knockout, I was like, yes, fourth place, baby. So it was a good night for me, Marcel, from like a money perspective. And um, uh, this was one I, I really did like here in Rosenstruck. Uh, obviously, uh, Sakai, I got to be honest, the, the weigh-in threw me off because uh, he was bigger than him, right? Like That, that wasn't I, what I expected um, when I did the research. And, and obviously, you saw that the height was changed later on. 
he is six foot two, Jair. He's not six four, but that didn't even come in factor come into play because Sakai really he just looked kind of scared in this fight, Marcel. He didn't. He was very timid, and he ends up getting KO'd at the last second of the first round. Give me your thoughts on the fight, man. Yeah, man, it's actually it was actually a long time before anything really happened in the first round, but uh, yeah, pretty much one point. Like I said, man, I mean Sakai. As it wasn't good enough to get Rosa strike to the ground, in my opinion, and he didn't even didn't even bother with it. Um, Rosa strike knocked him out. I mean, if if you can't control Rosa strike on the ground, you're gonna get knocked out unless your name is Francis Ngannou. So I mean, that's pretty much what we thought what we thought was gonna happen. Uh, I I said to you as well, man. I don't have anything against Sakai, but I don't think his fight IQ is very high. So I didn't expect him to to win the fight, and I expect Rose Park to knock him out, and he did. So yeah, yeah, no, that was sure. a, that was a KO. That was that a TKO? I don't I don't know. Just TKO what, uh, and on, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think he was knocked out cold. I I think right. Yeah. It looked like that's it. very often the last couple of times. When it's a clear KO, they say TKO. And then, for example, there's a TKO, they say KO, and it's like, yeah, I don't know anymore, you know? They also called Ben Rothel's uh, go-go choke a guillotine. He was really pissed off about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah, you know, for Yair, I think it's a good win, obviously. He is a good fighter, man. I think, you know, last week, Straight Wager was the guy saying he's worth a look, and he definitely was. It's just like these heavyweight fights sometimes obviously have a lot more variance, so I can see why people were on the other side. But, you know, for Rosenstrike, this is a good win. He's 6-2 and two now, Marcel. Someone asked her if he wanted to fight Curtis Blaze. He said he's interested in that fight. I think that fight makes a lot of sense, man, because he's looking to move up in the ranks. Curtis is kind of like in no man's land right now. Like, he's lost to Francis twice. He's lost to Derek Lewis. He's obviously an amazing fighter with the wrestling, but, you know, he does have kind of a questionable chin, I think, at this point. He's been knocked out a few times. I think this fight makes a lot of sense. What do you think about that fight? You like it? Yeah, I'm cool with it, you know. Uh, no problem with it. The thing is, like, you know what's going to happen in this fight. Either a Rosa strike lands a big punch in the first round. Yep. But if Blaze can get him, yeah, or Blades gets him to the ground and dominates him there because yeah. I'm, I don't think Rosa strike will get up if Blades is, is on top of him. So, yeah, I don't know, man, if it's the greatest fight for Rosa strike, but if he wants to get to the top three, he got to probably go to Exactly. The That's the guy you have to be. You got to be the top grappler like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's quite good, man. I mean, he's sick, right now in his career, he's 12 and 2 with 11 wins by knockout. So the guy does have a lot of power. And he's uh, he can be an exciting guy at times. The only thing I'll say about Rosenstrike is I do think that he's a little conservative at times. You know, like he just didn't, he didn't throw his hand at all in this fight until the last 10 seconds. He said when he heard the clapper, he's like, I got to go for it right now and get the knockout. And I'm so happy myself. Someone who really needed that first round knockout for my fantasy guys. I really needed that. I was so happy. It was awesome. Me and my wife were jumping up and down. We were happy. Um, good win, but not thrilled to see five more, uh, more five round. Yeah, your fights. He's so dangerous. He can afford to do nothing, dude. That is a great point. I agree with Matt completely. Just like the Overeem fight was a great example of that. Like he was losing the fight, but the whole time he still felt like he was in it and just threw that big punch and, and knocked. Wait, right? to be honest, that 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 stoppage is still a little questionable. I, I think because a lot of refs would have let the four seconds go, but. You know, I think because it's his lip, uh, yeah. ripped, ripped open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, it's okay. Made, I, I don't think it was the worst stoppage ever, you know, that, that fight. That's but, what made Mergliotta stop the fight. The lip, yeah, and, and it, it's worth noting, guys, I, I'm pretty sure this is correct. Uh, Yair is the only guy in UFC history now with two uh, knockouts in the last five seconds of, or ten seconds of a, of a round. So or five seconds, I should say. It's pretty imp- It's pretty impressive. He, he can knock you at any time of the fight, the first uh, round or the fifth round. So he's got power. My wins were under 2.5, Komei and Yair first, and Dolizzi, Manuel, Char, Parlay. Nice job, man. Rebounder family losing streak. Good job, Daniel. Nice job, buddy. Yeah, I had a slight winning night, too. Um, 
but uh, from fantasy, it was a lot better than the actual bets. But it's okay. It was still a winning night. I'm, I'm doing good in the year. I'm up, I'm up 10 units right now since I started at Elite. And that's just what one unit plays. So I'm doing pretty well this year. I'm happy with it. Um, let's go to the co-main event, Marcel Martin Tiber against Walt Harris. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, this fight honestly played out exactly like I thought. It really did. I think we, <laughs> both of us thought Walt Harris yeah. is going to blow his load going for the knockout. I think it was pretty close to getting the knockout. Like, Tiber's head was like a pinball machine there, but... He gassed up so hard, and Ted Brewer gets another first-round finish. Great win for Marcin, and, and he's obviously ready for a top, I think, 10 opponent. This, I mean, Walt Harris was top 10, but, you know, someone, like, a little bit better. What do you think, Marcel? Looked pretty good in this fight after the, uh, the yeah. early garage. <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, I was talking with someone else uh, earlier today, uh, Dutch Dutch podcast, and they were like, should we do Jarzinho Rosenstruck against Ted Brewer? I was like, yeah, I can do that, but I probably Rosenstruck with somebody higher, you know? Uh, so Ted Brewer, yeah, he's, he's in a spot where... It, it's kind of hard right now because a lot of guys already booked. I, I don't know exactly who, who is in at this moment, but uh, he he did look good uh, after uh, after overcoming adversity again, just like in the Hardy fight, he overcame adversity. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. For Harris, man, I hope to give Harris an unranked opponent next because he really needs a win badly, and it just doesn't look good, man. He, he I mean, he can. Uh, he can do damage in the earlier stages of the fight, and then he guesses out. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I mean, like if you have two minutes of cardio in the UFC, come on, like that's just it, you're not a professional athlete at that point. I'm sorry to say that. Like I, I don't want to be harsh on this guy because he's been through a lot. I think they might release him. To be honest with you guys, like I know he's top ten ranked, but he has a losing record in the UFC. He's lost three straight fights by TKO. Usually that gets you your pink slip. But Ball Harris again, they do have a soft spot for him. If you want to keep him on the roster, give him someone like Justin Taffer, the guy who lost a couple weeks ago to uh, Jerry Vendera, just to give him a, a chance to at least remain on the roster. Someone like that. You don't even remember like a, a winnable fight. But I'll be honest, guys, I don't even know if he wins that fight. I think Wald, at this point, he's got two minutes of cardio. And if he doesn't get that KO in that first two minutes, then he's done. Like, it's, it, this same thing happened in the over yeah. fight. The exact same thing happened. Go ahead. You're on a crazy fight to Wald sure. Harris against Chris Barnett. Yeah, I would watch that fight too. I mean, that does kind of actually make sense, to be honest with you. I think Chris will get another fight um, because he obviously took the fight with Rothwell on short notice. I would watch that fight. I mean, honestly, Ben Rothwell could fight Wall Harris too. I mean, I don't think yeah, they, just... they could do that fight too. Like, there's a lot of fights for the guy. They'll probably keep him around because he is kind of exciting for the two minutes that he has of cardio. But, guys, I mean, you want to be a champion. You want to be, even be a, a top 10 fighter. You got to have more than half cardio. Who would you prefer plays to fight, Tabura or Rosenstrike? That's interesting, Jose. Um, good question. I think that Rosenstrike wants that elite top five guy, and that's why he wants Blades. But stylistically, Tiber and Blades kind of makes more sense just because it is it would kind of be, be a boring fight, but you kind of do see who the wrestler is that would stay in the top ten. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I kind of prefer the just to see Rosenstrike get that get that step up again. And uh yeah, we'll see. All right, let's go through the rest of the main card here, Marcel. Roman Delizzi defeats Lorian Storpoli. Yo, this fight was really boring, man. I got to be honest. Like, he did what he needed to do. He was just – he basically won because he was just the bigger, stronger guy. Like, that's all it was. And to be honest, I don't think Roman was that impressed in this fight, man. I mean, Loriano took him down a few times. Um, he showed no striking at all. He basically was holding um, Loriano against the fence. And Keith Peterson didn't break up the the uh, the, the um the clinching. And, like, the, the you know, even the announcers are saying, hey, like, this is a few minutes of clinching. Now you can break it up. I just think it was kind of a boring fight. Like, I picked the Leezy, so I figured he'd win the fight, but it wasn't a great fight, Marcel. I don't really think it moves him up the rankings. You know what I mean? What do you think? 
No, it wasn't a good fight at all, man. But it went for Dolice, he did what he had to do, and that was it. And I think any more talk about this fight is uh, lost time. Yeah. So. yeah, I think the Chirico might have beat him, to be honest with you. That guy's pretty underrated. Um, Let's talk about the fight of the night here. My God, this fight was amazing. Santiago Ponzinibbio and Miguel Baeza. What an absolute crazy fight. I got a lot of thoughts about this fight. I did lose on Baeza. I thought he would win. I didn't expect Ponzinibbio to win. That's one. Like, there's only every card, there's always a guy that I don't think win, will win that wins. And this was the guy this week. I really didn't give him much of a chance. I know there was a few guys at the at Oddsbreaker that did um, have him, including our boy AJ, who really liked it. But again, Marcel, I really thought Baeza would get the job done. I, I'm very impressed by this guy. Here's the problem I had with his performance, right? It was a great fight. But he was way too focused on those low kicks. He wasn't even like covering his head. He was just going for the kick, leaving his head exposed. And that changed the, the complexion of the fight. Um, halfway through the second round, it seemed like he kind of started getting a little gassed out and Ponzinibbio really started to take it to him. It was an amazing fight, one fight of the night. Give me your thoughts on this fight, man. I love the fight. Great fight, man, from start to finish. Uh, first round was clear for Baeza. He did very well in that round. But then, man, Ponzinibbio took over, did a lot more damage. Uh, like you said, Baeza, way too much focus on low kicks. Um, yep. Yep. And, uh, Ponsonibio did just more damage, you know, in the second and third round. And uh, I mean, I said in my tweet, who won 29-28, uh, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I knew for sure. But this was a fight you don't want to see anybody lose, you know what yeah. I mean? This was a typical mm -hmm. fight where I'm like, listen, man, if the UFC pays uh, win bonuses for draws, I would have loved to see a draw, you know what I mean? But uh, Ponsonibio won 29-28, no problem with that, was was pretty clear, actually. So, yeah. um yeah, and I think it's a good learning curve for Baeza yeah. as well, you know. Yeah. If you yeah. lose to, an, to, to a veteran like, like Ponsonibio, and you lose in the way he lost, in a competitive fight, in a great fight, you know, that's only good, you know. It's, yeah, of course, it's better if you win, but this is only good if you lose like this. I'd rather have a loss like this on my record than a, than a knockout loss in the second round, you know what I mean? Of so, course. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. I, I, I think that he, he looked okay, especially in the first round, and he looked tough, obviously, but... I think that, you know, it's good if he goes back to the drawing board a little bit and learns, um, you know, you can't just focus on one thing and especially low kicks, like as much as we like the low kicks guys and they're awesome to watch and guys get hurt with them, especially nowadays, the percentage of fights that are stopped via low kicks are so low. It's like probably what, less than 1% of fights, whereas knockouts happen like what in the quarter of fights that happen. So I think that it was kind of a mistake just to go for the legs. He should have been going for the head, mixing it up a little more. And I think that was his downfall in this fight. But yeah, Ponzi will look good. He said he wants to fight Luke next. I don't think he gets Luke because Luke is like top five now. But you know, I think someone in the top fifteen for for um, Santiago would be a nice matchup. Marcel. He also said maybe the loser of uh, Burns and Thompson that would be okay, I guess too. Um, but again, those guys are pretty highly ranked. So you know, looking at the top fifteen, if he wants to bounce back in the top fifteen, you know, a guy like Robbie Lawler is still ranked. I think that would be good. Yeah, exactly. Get let him have a chance to get back in the top fifteen. Quite frankly, he was removed too soon. I think you know so. And Lee Jingling's ranked 11 right now. He's the guy who beat him, right? So remember that. All right, let's get these comments. Sorry, guys, I missed them. Tybura versus the loser are gone in Volkov. Sure. They can cut the Lizzie. They won't cut the Lizzie. They won't cut him, but it was it was a boring fight. Enjoyed Cruz defending the Lizzie strategy. Like, it was a – don't get me wrong. He, he fought smart, but it wasn't crowd-pleasing, and people started to fall asleep during that one. Totally agreed by Aza. Once the tie turn, his strategy remained the same. Not a catastrophe. Worry about – where this highlights real issues for sure. Um, I still think the kid's really talented, super good. But again, another one of these contender series guys that's, that's unbeaten. And they said that graphic at the beginning of the episode, Marcel, of the, mm -hmm. of the card. And the two guys who are undefeated lost. We'll talk about the other guy in a few minutes. But uh, I still think Baez has a good 
ceiling in the sport. But obviously, you know, sometimes guys have to lose to learn, if that, if that makes sense. They have to lose to get better, just like you said, Marcel. We'll talk about that fight in a second, the uh, the Bozier fight. Tibera's an underrated resurgence. He's had five straight wins. I know Marcel's a big fan of, obviously, Tibera. You, you like him quite a bit, Marcel. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say a big fan, but I respect what he has done, you know. He's he he so guy that was on the verge of being cut. He yeah, lost, remember? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he, now he's top 10. It's crazy. But I still feel like he can get knocked out by these, like, really good strikers. Yeah. Like, Rose's strike, I think, would knock him out, honestly. We'll see. Um, Galizzi versus Iron Turtle Park. That would be a great fight. I actually really like that fight, Jose. It makes, makes a lot of sense. Knew my 50 was safe. That was that was an easy 50 for sure, bud. Um, let's go to the next fight here. It is Greg Rodriguez, which is someone I call. I think you called him too. Did you call him Rodriguez? Yeah, both, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we both really liked him here, guys. Again, I thought he looked great, by the way. I thought this was a really good performance. This guy's fun to watch, man. He's got good striking, and he's got good grappling. I just think Dusko is just not really UFC ready yet. I don't know, Marcel. It's just like this guy, I know he has the win in the UFC, obviously, but... He hasn't looked that great, guys, since that fight with Townsend. That guy's not in the UFC anymore. Um, I think Rodriguez is good. I'm just saying, like, I don't think Dusko's as good as, as some of us thought, including myself, after Contender Series. I thought this guy was quite good, but he, he really isn't. You think they cut Dusko? No, I don't think they'll cut him. But uh, maybe they give him another one. But uh, I would, nah, man. Well, he'll get one more fight. You're right, because he signed a four-fight deal, so he'll get the yeah. last fight. But... You have to win that fight. If you lose, he's OB. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Rodriguez, who would you match him up with? I mean, the guy's obviously a very exciting guy. Um, I mean, hell, I'd watch the – I don't know who who to match him up with. What are you thinking? Like, I mean, I was going to say Dalizzi because he won, but I don't know if that would be the most exciting fight. What do you think? Like, it's got to be a striker that he can, he can fight, right? I almost would, I almost would say Jacob Fortman, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, which, which should we match him up with, man? That, 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 that's a tough here. question. Maybe um, – uh, do with uh, Anthony Hernandez. Sure, that'd be a fun fight. The only thing is, I think Fluffy might be wanting a higher step up because he did get that huge win his last fight. I'm just looking at the, um, yeah, I'm looking at their record now. So he's one and zero now, obviously, right? Greg Rodriguez. There's only one other guy in the UFC in the middleweight division that's one and zero, and I don't think he has a fight. Driscus Deplessis. He's the only other guy that's one and zero. Would you watch that fight? Does he have a fight? He's he's fighting Giles, I think. Fighting Giles. The fight was scheduled. Okay, it was rescheduled. Yeah, you're right. For uh, actually, he was supposed to fight the Leedsy <laughs> Giles, and actually, he did fight him. Um, yeah, that's a 264. You're right. It just doesn't save here on uh, on Wiki. I'm just looking at like just Buckley. guys with that similar record. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Buckley. Buckley would be good. You know, someone like uh, Andreas Michalides. That would be a fun fight. Two strikers. That would be a good fight. I'd watch that fight. I would give him a striker. Uh, Tafan and Chukwe. Even I know he's coming off a loss, but that'd be a fun fight. We'll see. I think any of these strikers, Jordan Wright would be a good fight too. Jordan Wright versus Rodriguez. That'd be a fun one, guys. So there's fights for him. There's no doubt about it. Um, last fight in the main card here, uh, Marcel, Montana De La Rosa just absolutely destroys Arian Lipsky. I think we both really liked her in this fight. This fight definitely ended the way I thought it would with Montana just getting on top and just pouring it down. I didn't expect her to get the finish necessarily, but it was nice to see. She looked incredible, Marcel. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you, man. And we both expected Montana to win the fight. I don't know what, what I had. I think I had a decision here. 
But um, yeah, I mean, she looked good, man. From start to finish, start stand up was good, was solid. Ground game was very good. So yeah, I mean, Montana probably uh, gets around the opponent next, I think. So um, and for Lipsky, yeah, I mean, Lipsky is kind of yeah. in the way that she only won two fights, and those were against Luana Carolina, which is a good win. But is uh, what's uh, the, the Padua or what the late girl? She's replaced. not even in the UFC anymore. Yeah. She was one yeah, in five. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so it's not really looking good for her, but the thing is, um, let's let's be honest. She looks good, you know, and she's a she's a she's a. I think she's a very nice person as well, as I see her in interviews and stuff. So I expect her to get another fight, man. Probably against a less talented girl in the division to maybe get her a win. But I would not, I'm no idea against who they will match her up with. Maybe the, I would do maybe against Maria Agapova. Yeah, someone like that, or even well, I was gonna say Antonina, but <laughs> she actually lost Antonina. Then yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at the flyweight division. Who did you say again? Who was it? Maria Agapova. Sure, she's one and one. I mean, someone like Victoria Leonardo. Oh, she's fighting actually Leonardo, Hannah Goldie, someone like that. Like someone who's kind of at the bottom of the division. Um, or even yeah, someone like that. I mean, really, because I think at this point, Lisky's two and four guys. She'll be cut if she loses her next fight. That's what I think. I mean, she might get cut now. I think they will keep her around though, because she's obviously very marketable. I think. Yeah, she'll, exactly. I think she'll get. Yeah, she'll get another fight. I think. And I bet Disco's going to suffer five, uh, over five vicious knockouts in his future. Dude, it's the worst striking defense ever. We talked about it. He just keeps his chin up. He goes like this. He moves it back like this. He doesn't move side to side. He doesn't duck his head. He just moves it back, Marcel. It's just I don't know who taught him how to strike how the defense is like this, but it, he needs to go to a better gym. I don't. What gym is he at? Do you know, Dusko? Dusko. Uh, is he in Serbia? Like, is he still in? I, I, I think he. I know he's managed by MTK, but I don't know what yeah. his gym is. I think a gym change would be good for him because I think the kid needs to really work on his striking defense. Go to someone like I don't know. Uh, I already know who would be a good striking coach for him. Someone, someone else, whoever else he's not working with now. Dusko's good for testing prospects. That's it. Maybe improves. Maybe Dusko and Dawkins. Um, I mean, actually, that fight makes sense. I would watch that fight. Kyle Dawkins, he's saying, not Chris. I mean, I mean, connect, connect with with Gary with Gregory Rodriguez and ask if you can come train with Alexandro. You know that, what I mean? Yeah, I mean that that makes sense too. I mean, Rodriguez's striking is very good. It's very straight, and that's good. Straight punches are good. Yeah. I also like Tiberius' game uh, style. Some fights have been boring, but for heavyweight, he has awkward kicks and good grappling plus a lot of experience. He's for sure, and he's improved. What could be done with Lipsky? For Rowan, Della Rose would be fun. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. I mean, we'll talk about her in a second. Um, all right, let's go to the next fight here, Marcel. We'll go through the prelims a little quicker. There's still uh, a few fights to talk about. We also want to talk about Arroyo. And against oh, Arroyo. yes, of course. we did. <laughs> The fight that didn't happen. So... Give me your thoughts, man. Third time this has happened with Tom Breeze where he pulled a day fight. I think he's going to get cut. I don't think they can keep him on the roster anymore. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, we that, that's the thing. We don't know what exactly happened. Mm-hmm. And if it's, if it's the same thing again, yeah, I think they will probably cut him, you know, because there is no – there was lots of potential, actually, in his career, but there is no potential if you pull out on fight night three times, you know? Yeah, so, I, I agree. That's three missed game checks for him and his opponents. Like – uh, he also pulled out fights with Ian Heinish and Oli Wally Bang Bose. I don't know what happened to that guy. He he just fell into the UFC. He went one and four. He lost to Dechirico, Paul Costa, Uriah Hall, and Cesar Ferrer got cut. I mean, those are some tough losses, man. And he hasn't fought in four years. That's too bad. He hasn't fought since then. That's too bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's if you. I wouldn't want to sign to fight this guy. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't accept him as an opponent. I'd be like, no, because yeah, he's beatable, but he doesn't even show up half the time. 
I obviously have some sympathy for the guy. I mean, he's dealing with obviously some mental health issues. He's talked about openly about anxiety in the past. I, as someone who's dealt with anxiety, I'm getting treated for that. You know what I mean, Marcel? Like, it's hard to deal with. There's no doubt about it. It's a hard thing to deal with, guys. Anxiety, depression, all that stuff. It's brutal, man. And it's hurt me too in my life. You know what I mean? But as a professional athlete, you do have a, an obligation to show up on fight night and step into the cage. He pulled out 10 minutes before the fight, according to a Royals Instagram. Where I was like, I was getting ready to make the walk and the guy pulled out due to medical issues. That's what they're saying. It, it just sucks. That's all I can say, Marcel. It sucks. And I hope that they did pay at least a Royal to show money. Although knowing the UFC, wouldn't surprise you. They were like, we'll book, we'll book you on the June 26th cart in two weeks. You can find yeah. that cart instead. We'll pay you then. Like remember Ed Herman when he had that fight canceled against, I can't remember who it was. Dana Wake got pissed because he wouldn't fight Holland at like short notice. Remember? Yeah. Two months ago. They didn't pay him his win uh, show money. You paid him ten thousand dollars. He was really pissed. So we'll see. Let's go to the prelims here. Um, and this is a fight Jose thought that uh, was the wrong decision. Either the TT defeats Tanner Bozier by split decision, uh, 29-28 times two, and then a twenty-nine twenty-seven for Bozier, which would obviously be a ten-eight round the second. All right. So some thoughts on this fight. I'm not honestly surprised Bozier lost because you know, as much as like his striking is pretty good, he just really wasn't tested in the wrestling. Latifi is a, a huge dude. Like, the guy's just an ox. He's a beast, and he just took him down. He's very low output, though. Latifi's very frustrating to watch, man. Like, he, he doesn't throw his hands, you know, but he gets these key takedowns when he needs them and wins decisions that way. I, as much as I hate saying it, because I understand fights are scored by damage, the problem is all the damage was done in the one round after the eye poke, too. That's the problem. Is an eye poke that the referee missed. All the damage was done there. There was no damage done by Boser in rounds one and three, and I would honestly give those rounds to Latifi. So I think the decision was okay. What do you think? Yeah, perfect decision, man. First round for uh, for Latifi, and the third round for Latifi. I mean, I think many people are swayed by what uh, the commentators are saying. You know, Bisping was like, "Yeah, Latifi needs to finish here in the third. Yeah, I was surprised. I don't okay. understand. They need to stop. You know what, guys? Like these yeah. commentators are very good, but they have enough to worry about with like just call the action. They need someone that dedicated to scoring the fights like eddie bravo used to do they go yeah, to rate, like, remember it was great they'd be like eddie who do you think won that round he'd be like oh i want that this guy had the better striking the better wrestling how i'll do it yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you keep yourself out of that discussion you know if yeah you, exactly if that's yeah. Some, yeah yeah I agree, like, I, yeah i agree it's, it's hard to, to call the fights call the action you know and all the facts for the guys and you know score at the same time i totally understand like because they're doing the job as commentators they're not judges at the same time but I have noticed that a lot of these fights where a guy won the, like the first two rounds and then he's losing the third and they'll be like, oh, this guy needs, you know, he's, he's losing the fight. And it's like, but he won the other two rounds. You know what I mean, Marcel? That happens quite a bit, I noticed. So I'm with you. Tom Breeze tends to pull. His opponents aren't high level. Bambosi and Arroyo don't excite him. I don't know if it's that. I just think the guy's got some mental health issues, obviously. Off topic, do you think some of the, uh, this year's Dana Waste and Terror Series fights too good for the show? Yeah, there's some good fights coming up, but the thing is, like, there's there's a lot of fighters on the roster. I think there's like 600 fighters on the roster, so they got to be careful with how many guys. You know, Adam, they're gonna cut people soon too. Go ahead. And just what frustrates me is that they have, for example, a guy like Hasan Askabov on the show who is 26 and 0, uh, Nasruddin Nasruddinov who is like 10 and 0, and then Albert Durayev who is proven at ACA on that show, and at the same time they're. Uh, they give you contracts to people who are three on one. Yeah, it's just two, for content. Two. They need content this summer. That's what it is. That's otherwise these guys would be in the UFC. I'm with you. I'm with you. Got these comments. Like TV was a steal. Left money on the table there. Ilya wasn't impressed on the feet. Red defended my bet. <laughs> they went to fight. That's so funny. 
seems like the only two avenues in the UFC are contender series getting signed last minute, like a sacrifice, love for row. Yeah, I think Ricci's management made a really bad decision. We'll talk about that in a second here. Let's just go through the other fights. We've got, what, six fights left? Um, Muslim Salikov defeats Francisco Trinaldo. I, I took a Sean Trinaldo as a big underdog. I thought he was pretty competitive, but obviously the striking levels were just, it was too far in Salikov's favor. And he was the better grappler too. So I thought he looked good, Salikov. Five and one now in the UFC, Marcel. What do you think next for Muslim? you think he gets a top 15 guy? Yeah, likely. Why not? You know, uh, it's possible. You know, Trinaldo is always, you know, Trinaldo is now from lightweight to welterweight, but Trinaldo is always in that conversation to be in the top 15 or top 20 there. So, yeah, why not? You know, and Trinaldo, dude, if I'm 42 or if I ever make 42, I want to, I want to have his, <laughs> his output, you know. Yeah, I mean? man, it's, it's crazy. crazy. I thought he looked okay in the fight. I mean, he obviously lost. He There's no doubt about he it. He lost. He lost every round, but. Like for a guy who's a big underdog, he he held he's his own. I think, yeah, I think he'll win some fights in this division. Now, as far as Salikov goes, what do you think of this fight? Lee Jing Lee versus Muslim. What do you think? Yeah, why not? I mean, that fight makes a lot of sense. I like right? it. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good fight. That's the fight I want to see. Ali's his manager, I think, so he'll get him a big fight. He'll get him a top fifteen guy. Yeah, not hanging a breeze. Straight wager says this. Not hanging a breeze at all, but he's gonna have a hard time getting people to fight him. I think they're gonna release him, man. I don't think anyone will fight him. I wouldn't want to sign to fight him. You take a real risk that you put in three months of training camp and the guy pulls out. 10 minutes before you're supposed to fight. That is crappy. Um, Ken Willa Kirk, man, great performance here. I mean, I don't know if he won the fight. I'll be honest with you. I thought Mac won one. Most media members thought Mac won one looking at NBA decisions. But it was pretty close. And I think it was that late reversal in the third round where Mac won. He was on top the whole round. He got reversed late. And I've noticed that the judges in these close rounds, they'll give it to whoever's on top at the end of the round. It was like that fight between uh, – uh, Yan, um, Yannick Kunitskaya and uh, what's her name? Um, Pierre. Remember that same thing, right? Yeah. Pierre was controlling the whole fight and then 10 seconds left. George Orbison was raining out punches. So I don't think it was the worst decision ever like because I do think Kirk did more with the striking, but Maquan had a lot of control time in this fight. I do think that should count for something. So I thought Maquan won 29-28, but what do you think? Yeah, man, I also had a Mac one twenty nine twenty eight. But like I said as well in my tweet, I, I'm not I don't think it's a robbery if it's twenty nine twenty eight. No, no, no. But, 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 but what shit back calls that calls that fight thirty twenty seven, man. Are you that's sure? a that's a bullshit scorecard. I mean, how do you give the yeah. first round to uh, Kirk? I don't think that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. Second round obviously was his. The third it's came down to the third round, quite frankly. All three Dude, judges gave it to him. So I feel like they're bothering guys, me, man. They're punishing guys who rest. They they are punishing yeah. guys who lay on top of you rest. They want guys throwing strikes. Um, I still think control time should matter in the sport, but at the yeah, same time, sure. it is about damage. So I can see where they were going with it. But again, I think it was just, I think it was a bad call. But again, you know, it's not a robbery. It was just the wrong call, I think. Does that make yeah. any sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They say it's incredible. Tom Brady's still going, but I pictured all the fish. Did I say Tom? Who said Tom Brady? Was it me or me or Marcel? Maybe I did. Sorry, guys, if I did. <laughs> My bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I met Tom Brady. Um, Alan Patrick, we got to talk about this fight quickly. Alan Patrick and Mason Jones. So Alan Patrick. Man, I mean, he was getting destroyed and he found a way out of the fight and took it. I can't blame him. <laughs> I can't blame him, Marcel, but I think they're going to release him after this stunt because, I, I, like, it was right away. He's like, I can't see. Like, they didn't even take the full five minutes. <laughs> <sighs> Mason Jones, I mean, he poked him in the eyes. It was, it was, we saw it on uh, the, the replay, but I don't know, guys. What do you think? Tell me. Uh, man. I don't want to say anything bad about Alan Patrick. Say it. Just say it. Say what you want to say. I, I, I fucking knew it when, when that finger got in the eye. That, <laughs> that, 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 that's that's over. Over. I go to my, I I go to my uh, fiance. I'm like, 
I'm like, babe, we're not going to win our bet on Jones. It's going to be a no contest. Yeah, I yeah. knew it at the moment it happened. Same here. I was so. like, he's going to look for the way out. And I don't, again, I don't blame him. It's like that fight between uh, Todd Duffy and uh, Jeff Hughes. Remember that fight? Yeah. He poked yeah. him in the eye. He didn't fight again. I think he was released, right? So I don't know if he's been released, Todd Duffy, but he I never fought after sure. that fight. So I, I feel like they might release Allen. He is asking for a rematch. He says that he could not see. He says his vision was cloudy. I, I, I think we got to give him the benefit of the doubt because he is in the UFC. He's yeah. like, you know, I've had 15 fights in the UFC. That's the first time this has happened. So whatever mm-hmm. it is, but we're not 50 fights in the UFC. I don't know how many he's had. How many has he had in the UFC? I, 10? Like, yeah. 15, yeah I, I would have blamed I would have blamed Mason Jones if he says I want somebody else, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think he wants it because I saw Jones' thing and he said that the guy, he said, uh, what did Mason Jones say? Like, check his, his Instagram. He said he, something he, like. He, he, he was done anyways or something. Yeah, yeah, he said, here's what he said. It, it, it's funny what he said. He goes, he goes, uh, give the prey a way to run and watch it scamper away. Find me a date. We're ready to go whenever. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually kind of think he's he's right, but I don't think he wants to take this fight again. Let's get these comments. I had Kirk personally winning was a close fight for sure. Who would you favor, Romanov versus uh, Rothwell TV? Both those fights make sense. I would like to see Romanov Latifi. That'd be a good fight. Why was Patrick Jason in no contest? Because it was in the second round of a three round fight. It would have to have gone to the third round where the scorecards are came to play. Aldo yeah, Yon was a five round fight that went into the fourth round. A five round fight has to go three also, rounds. But that was also because uh, it was also a deal, was deal intentional. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was a deemed intentional knee. And, and it was, and the uh, eye poke was deemed accidental. I don't remember a, a time where we've ever seen a DQ for an eye poke, but I, I feel like it might be coming soon, you know? Like, we've had a lot of no contests this year, like um, Bilal Muhammad and, and Leon Edwards, this fight. So I don't know what you think, Marcel, but I feel like they might eventually punish they need the guy. To do something them. with the gloves. Yeah, they got to curve them or something. I'm with you. It's yeah. the gloves for sure. Alan Patrick took a page from the book from the School of Self-Awareness. <laughs> It's frustrating having Aldo as a champ holding a killer division after getting whooped for rounds. I agree. I mean, you guys saw my my scorecard was on that fight. I thought Jan was winning the whole fight. How big of a betting underdog would be if Patrick gets another fight? Depends on who he's going to face. But if he fought Jones again, he wouldn't be. Jones is only minus 300. We thought that was kind of high. He'll be like minus 1,000 next time they fight if they do. Like Diego quitting against Perea. Very, very, very good example. And that was a DQ because it was the third round. I believe yeah, but we played Josh Fabio. We played Josh Fabio. Josh Fabio for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. A couple other fights here. Uh, Manon Furo looked outstanding, but again, you know, the size difference for Ricci. Just, I think her management really screwed her here. I mean, like, she was going to get in the UFC eventually. Like, why did they need to rush her in to get knocked out by a girl who's like way bigger than her? Marcel? I didn't. I think the management screwed up. I know she got her paycheck. She'll get her ten thousand dollars show money. But what do you think? I think she should have, you know, waited a little bit. Yeah, I can't agree, man. This is short notice fight. She normally fights at straw weight. Exactly. I was a flyweight. And damn, yeah. she looked good at the weigh-ins, but let's not uh, talk about that. She's um, very attractive. I mean, yeah, yeah she <laughs> definitely is. There's no doubt about it. But again, you know, the size difference, right? Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it, it was, man. And I think uh, Furo did perfect what she had to do. And then she finished yeah. her. And it was expected that she should get a finish against a girl who's actually at straw weight normally, uh, which is a, normally, a, she's a BJJ girl you know you, yeah. you know that but the thing is also with Richie man she probably needs some more uh regional fights man because all the girls she fought at the regional scene had a, had a negative record you know what I mean I know this was a fr- first person with a positive record she fought also a lot bigger than her longer so yeah I mean I hope she can do well at straw weight in her next fight but um man Furo looked good 
Uh, I, I'm curious what they're going to do. Yeah, if you were against Anthony Nashashenko, would be great. You know? Sure. I mean, I, well, is Anthony a rank at this point? Let me double check. Yeah, that. 15. Sure. I mean, that, get her in the rankings, you know, like, or, uh, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, actually, now that I look at the rankings, because she's not in the rankings, Furo, but I think all of us know that this girl is going to be a title contender, guys. Like, she's really good. Um, yeah. I think it won't be that, I think they're going to fast track her to the top 10. So I actually could see her get someone higher ranked, like Roxanne Modafferi. I think they could do that fight. You know what I mean? Just let her have a chance to get in the top 10. I think she might beat Roxanne. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the yeah. grappling would be in Roxanne's favor. But grappling is a thing, yeah. Piero, man, like, her striking and her takedown defense look good. So we'll see. But I think that at this point, she deserves someone ranked. Um, I just think this girl's really good, guys. And I think that, you know, this is the division where Valentina obviously is a champ. She's a dominant champion, but we got to look at future contenders. And you look at this, the rankings, you got fighters like Lauren Murphy ranked number three in that division. I think Furo is way more dangerous than Lauren Murphy. You know what I mean? Or like a Cynthia Calvi who's ranked number five. I think Lauren, I think that uh, this girl, Manon Furo is way more dangerous. I think she is a, a potential top five fighter. Um, Let's go crazy. What do you do? You think if you do Furo against Shukagin? I know that's not gonna happen. What I mean, why not? I mean, I actually think she'd win that fight. You know what I mean? So why not? Why not do it? I th I don't think they will because she's only had two fights. But guys, she's not yeah. young though, right? She, isn't she like thirty? I think she or thirty-two. Yeah, like that. yeah. Yeah. Let me let me double check her age. Manon Furo is thirty-one. You know, she's not super young. Like she's new to the sport, but she's not super young. So I do think they'll kind of fast track her. She's not twenty-one. She's thirty-one. Too many, Glenn says, too many fighters getting caught at 2-0 to be taking stupid fights. I agree completely, Glenn. It was like that dumb uh, manager a few weeks ago with uh, Aaron Blanchfield, and they signed her to fight Norma Dumont, who weighs 145 pounds. Your girl was going to get beaten, bro. She was going to get sat on for three rounds and beaten up. Thankfully, the fight didn't happen. Now she's fighting Alper, which is actually a winnable fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this girl doesn't – she didn't have a winnable fight. She was brought in to get destroyed – I, I was like, man, maybe she could survive the three arms, but Manon just got way too much power. Two more fights, Marcel. Sean Woodson defeats Yusuf Zalal by split decision. How do you score this one? 29-28 for Woodson. I, I don't yeah. saw the... I, I, I didn't see that in the first it. round. I, I, my my first TV round, went yeah. off. <laughs> my pass shut off, guys. <laughs> that was terrible, eh? Yeah, that was like the first time it's ever happened. The, the fight pass just completely went off, so I don't know what happened there, but... Yeah, um, I don't think we missed a lot. I had Zalal. I was hoping he was going to win, but I didn't see the fight, so I really can't say. I, I saw the last round. Woodson, obviously, was defending the takedowns well, so I, I figured he was probably going to win, but uh, close fight. And then the first fight of the night, Claudio Puelas, man. This guy really, really helped me out this weekend, guys. He was the reason that I actually uh, had a really good night. So he beat, defeats Jordan Levitt, Marcel, and after that first round, Marcel, Jordan Levitt had no gas, and he has no striking, like I talked about, super one-dimensional. And I talked about last week, and I was like, man, I'm on the fence with this one. But I decided I'm going to take a shot on Puelas. I'm glad I did. You know, the kid is good. He's a very good grappler. Very good grappler, Marcel. This is a fun grappling match. We didn't see much striking from it. He does have some holes, obviously, in this game. But I like this kid, man. He's only 25, Marcel. He's 3-1 and one now in the UFC. What do you think of this kid, Puelas? Yeah, man, he, he did look good in the second and third round, man. I mean, um, you were the only one at Oddsbreaker who had who picked I was the only so guy. Can you believe that? I think, yeah, oh, yeah and like two guys said Kirk, I think. But I was the only guy who yeah. had... Uh, um, um I was a little surprised by that. I mean, he's a good young prospect, you know, but people really thought that Levitt would have that grappling advantage, and he did for five minutes, but Marcelli gassed out. And this is why I said with that Matt Wyman fight, it wasn't a good thing that he he won in 20 seconds because we didn't yeah. see the fight play out, right? We didn't get he didn't get that 50 minutes of uh of cage time. That's what you want to get. So 
I think Jordan's going to come back better, but I think Prelis is the guy to look for in this fight. This guy is a very good young prospect. Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah, he looked great um, after a pretty long layoff, you know. Um, yeah, two years almost. Uh, I will say this, though. Yeah. I talked about this, Marcel. The younger fighters, when they have the layoffs, it's not as concerning as an older guy having a layoff because you're getting better in that time off. And he went, again, from Peru to Sanford. Another Sanford. Marcel, I love this gym. It's made me so much money. I love this gym. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good gym, guys. I love it. Anyways, that gym and ATT, those guys have been good. Levin made it easy on him. He looked terrible, Gabe. I don't know what happened to him, man, in this fight. Like, I, I expected him to be a little bit more competitive than what it was. Like, I, I thought, you know, but at second round, I was like, man, Paul's is going to win this fight. We got this one. We got this one. <laughs> we got it. Um, Levin, Baeza, ruined my cheap parlays. Yeah, Baeza hurt me a little bit, too. I did have a straight bet on him, but it happens. You know, he lost the fight. The fight didn't reflect the significant strike difference that was scored to me. Is that the fight with Furo? Is that the one you're talking about? Let me double check the stats on that. But you know, as much as I like UFC stats, I, I use it, utilize it as a tool. I do think that they do miss a lot of strikes and, and stuff. But it's hard to ca- count them all. It's hard. You know what I mean? Like you're watching a guy punch and it's hard and kick and stuff. Is Dana White's uh, Tuesday night contender series back this summer? Is it? It is right. And and August, late yeah. August. So yeah. not and uh, not uh, not in June or July. Yeah, so there you go. Um, anyways, any last second question about this card? We'll talk about them, but I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Mayweather Paul fight. And you're talking about the Winston fight. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, it was forty to forty two to forty in that fight. Um, come, come on, guys. More questions about this uh, card. Come on. Guys. If you guys have any last seconds, <laughs> throw them throw them for this card. But I do want to talk about the fight because I mean, listen, we got to talk about the fight, Marcel. Like, I know you don't like these guys, but you had Scott Coker now saying Bellator wants to sign Logan Paul to be in MMA. Did you see that? No. Yes, he did. He talked to MMA Fighting. He said he wants to sign Logan Paul. So you're going to hear us talking about a lot more about Logan Paul, guys, if he signs a Bellator. That's for sure. The guy is a good athlete. He comes from a wrestling background. Did you watch the fight? You didn't watch it, did you? I've seen parts. I'll keep it that way. Okay, so I watched the card. Um, I watched the whole card, actually. And, uh, wow, Gabe, nice, man. He the TV Rodriguez to Brewer. Nice job, man. I watched the, I watched the card. Um, you know what, guys? Like... I just I didn't take it that seriously like a lot of people were because it's an exhibition fight. So I was like, all right, it's not even a pro fight. It went the full round, the full eight rounds, Marcel. I'm gonna give Logan Paul some credit, man. The guy's tough. You know what I mean? Joe Rogan, I don't know if you saw Joe Rogan's um Instagram. He freaking praised these guys. He's like, Man, Logan Paul is super tough. People don't realize how tough this guy is. Go eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather. And I totally understand Floyd is not the same guy. And he he took Floyd, it was a glorified sparring session, Marcel. This is like what sparring at the gym looks like between two guys who don't want to hurt each other. That's what it looked like to me. But it was an exhibition fight. So I I, I kind of expected, to be honest with you. I was still hoping Floyd would go for the kill, but he didn't and ends up going the, the distance. Any thoughts at all? Yeah, man. I mean, um, man, you called it a big fight on Twitter, I saw. Man. I did, I yeah. Like, I mean, uh... I still think it was a I, – I, I stand by that tweet. I stand by that tweet. I think anytime Floyd fights, it's a big fight. I think anytime Logan fights, quite frankly, it's a big fight. These Paul brothers, man. Dude, I, you guys can say what you want. Like, people on Twitter can say what they want, but here's the facts. The sports books took more handle on that fight last night than any other fight this year. That's a fact. You know, I saw Ben Online said that they, they had more signups um, last night than any other sporting event all year, including the Super Bowl, including the Kentucky Derby. That's crazy to me, especially because no one ended up winning because it went the distance and there was no knockout. So, do, do I think it was a big fight. Do you understand that I think it's concerning that many big MMA websites are talking about this fight continually? Including us, including us, man. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just the way it is now. You know what I mean? I'll be honest. Like when I started at BJ two years ago, I didn't really want to do boxing, but 
it hits. People read about it. People read about it. You go to MMA Junkie now, you go to MMA Fighting, you go to ESPN. What's the first page on? It's Logan Paul. It's Jake Paul. This is what people are reading about, Marcel. You got to get with the times now, man. As much as you don't like these guys, you're not going away, bro. It's not my personal preference. That's not what I mean. But I mean, it's an MMA website, you know? And if you want to do boxing, I, I don't mind. You know, you can do it. But you also have to do, then you also have to do the top level boxing and not just the. Uh, these kind of fights you know and that's the thing i see like 20 25 articles about this fight you know but if uh, for example what's the last fight billy joe sanders again yeah yeah, um, Canelo. yeah yeah i see one article you know we did I mean? talk we were about that one in the eye injury and stuff we actually did we cover all the the big ones on saturday nights and this was sunday night but uh i'm not i know you're saying I, no no, you no are, but i think it's fair i think it's fair to even call us though. i think it is because if you go to bj penn right now a lot of the articles are logan paul a lot of them are written by me I don't necessarily love writing about the guy, but people want to read about him, believe it or not. So that's why I'm writing about him. Because <laughs> you want know Marcel in this business, you know what we need? Eyeballs. We need people reading the stuff. And people read about Logan and Jake because they, they don't like them and they want to see them lose. Bet online being on Floyd's mask probably didn't hurt you sometimes. Yeah. And that cash app. I'm not gonna lie, guys, I Google Cash App because I've heard of it. They don't even allow it in Canada though. So it was all over the ring, but they don't allow it in Canada. So blows my mind how effective that foreign marketing is for sports books. Dude, sports books now are really taking over. It's like, again, you know, we talk about the, the fights every week. We're betting on the stuff, guys. But as you guys know, betting is not easy. It's not as easy as some people think. They really make it seem like betting so easy, Marcel, like, <laughs> when they promote it, right? But then you start to do it. You're like, oh, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. You know what I mean? So I think they did well, though. They definitely got uh, a lot of sign-ups last night. But, again, they didn't have to give away any money because there was no knockout. Doesn't the freak show model work in MMA too? More violence, all I need are a few YouTube stars to build the audiences looking for investors. I think it does to a certain point. I don't think the UFC necessarily will do it. They have dated. That's the thing. Dana's like, oh, we'll never do this. But he fucking brought in that guy, uh, CM Punk. He had no business being in the UFC. James Tony also was in the UFC, had no business being in the UFC. So Dana says this now, but he's did the freak show fights before. I do think at this point, though, the UFC is all about looking for the best MMA fighter in the world. So I don't think they're going to bring him in, but I do think Bellator will. I do think Bellator, because they're working with Showtime, they're going to have these guys fight for them at some point. Any thoughts, Marcel? No, what should I say? I'm I know not. you're not a huge fan of this. I get it. And I'm not a huge fan of Freak Show, but we liked him pride, man. We liked when Zulu fought Fedor. Really, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Just, it's just it's an exhibition fight, you know? It's not even a professional match, guys. Like, it didn't go on their records. It's not a huge deal. It was just something to, to, to do, quite frankly, you know? I feel bad for the people that bought it, though. If you actually bought the paper, you know, I'm sorry, guys. That's not the smartest thing. And now they're giving refunds because it cut out. Logan Paul, I'd phone the wave, but yeah, sure, I'd watch that. No, I'm kidding. I don't know, Marcel. I mean, like, listen, I, I totally understand why you're not, you know, a huge fan of these guys, but I just think that they're they're here to stay. They're young too. Like Logan's 26, Jake's 24, guys. Like these guys are super young, man. You know, they're gonna be around the sport for a while. Um, I think. I mean, unless they're just trying to cash in and get out, I don't blame them for doing that either. Data bringing CM Punk was worse than the Pauls. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, the guy had no experience. He, what he trained a little bit of jujitsu. That guy had no business being in the UFC. Um, I was also not a fan of that. So. <laughs> I hated. I really didn't like that. I gotta be honest. That was something I really didn't like because I just felt and, and and I like Mike Jackson. He's a cool guy and everything on Twitter, and I like the guy. But he's a journalist. It's like me. It's like them signing me to fight CM Punk. And they signed you to fight. They signed me to fight in the cage. That's basically what it was. Matt says, looking forward to Marcel breaking on the Paul Paul tape when Logan fights Paul Daly in the altar. <laughs> Paul versus Paul. That'd be a good fight. Anyways, yeah. I mean, I get it, guys. It's not everyone's cup of tea. That's totally fair, but I think they're here to stay. You know, and I think that 
this summer, it's going to be the summer of the Pauls because you're going to hear a lot about these guys when he fights Tyron Woodley, Marcel. We'll see what happens. Well, we'll break down that fight later on. Uh, maybe I'll just get AJ to break it down with me and Sarah Cole because I know you probably would be like, ah, I don't want to talk about this, right? I, I think it's a very good idea, Adam. <laughs> that's so good. All right, Marcel, I think that's a good cue to get out of here. So appreciate everyone who's in the chat today, guys. Really uh, appreciate it, man. Marcel, plug your stuff. Let's get out of here, man. Marcel24, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, MMADNA.nl, MMADNA YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you can find it. Awesome. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MMADAMartin. Uh, the podcast is available at MAOddsbreaker.com. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on a bunch of different places. It's all in the link uh, on the description. You can see the links to like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, all these things. I put them up the next day. As soon as I'm able to put them up, I put up the podcast. So you can uh, also listen that way. But obviously, we prefer when people listen live. It's much better. Um, we love it. We love getting the questions. It's all good. I noticed that it's gone up a little bit with the listenership, which is good. Obviously, we're not one of the bigger podcasts yet. But you guys listen to this podcast. You know that we're getting good information. We're giving you guys good talk. We only talk about MMA. We don't talk about other stuff. It's only MMA. So hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. Um, you guys can also follow me, obviously, at mmaodsbreaker.com. All the betting stuff there, Lee Fancy, Elite Betting, uh, bjpen.com, myamanews.com, and Fancy Fanatics app. Um, got some stuff coming up with them. I got a lot coming up this week. I'm also doing a party shot with James Lynch on Wednesday on his Patreon. So it's a busy week, Marcel. I'm excited for it, man. We got UFC 263 this weekend. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern to break down the card. Have a good one, guys. Peace.